Welcome to St. Dominic's Weekly. This is Father Michael. Wonderful, exciting show for you today. We're taking a little bit of an oasis break from the desert of Lent in the celebrations of Saints Patrick and St. Joseph because the 17th of March is a Sunday and our archdiocese here in San Francisco celebrates St. Patrick as a solemnity. The solemnity has been transferred to the 18th, this Monday. And so back to back, we have Patrick and Joseph on the 18th and the 19th. And in discussing and contemplating how to talk about the lives of these two powerful saints, we decided that we would have a saint's showdown, (laughs) that we would each take a side and argue and debate and bring forth a discussion on why the saint we chose is in fact more inspiring for us in our own time. Father Isaiah chose St. Patrick. I took the side of St. Joseph and went back and forth on the top three reasons our saint is more inspiring or more saintly, if you will. You have to stay tuned all the way to the end. It's a little bit of a tiebreaker, spoiler alert, in the culinary arts. Uh, But I hope you enjoy today's show, delving into the lives of these great saints who show us not only by what they did, but who they were in responding to God's own call for their lives and how we might respond, especially as we continue in this Lenten season. And so whether you're on the go or taking it slow, many, many blessings as you enjoy today's show. Greetings and welcome back to St. Dominic's Weekly. I'm Father Isaiah. That's Father Michael. Let's get ready to rumble. I know. So we have two major feast days coming up for the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Um, St. Patrick, of course, being the um, one of the patrons, uh, one of the patrons of the Archdiocese of San Francisco, and uh, St. Joseph, um, which is patron, of course, of the Universal Church. Two so. powerful patrons. So here's the idea we were talking beforehand to talk about a little about maybe their lives, their virtues, so so forth. We've done podcasts in the past about their outstanding virtues. But I, I was thinking, I don't know if you've seen this like on Discovery Channel. You get like two like um, pre- apex predators and then like mm-hmm. what if they like bat like alligator versus cheetah or yeah. something like, you, you know what I'm talking about? Or pirates versus ninja. <laughs> yeah, there you whatever. go. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's who's yeah. victorious? So, yeah. so in that light, who, who is the more saintly saint? Yeah. Joseph or Patrick. I know. And this is, and especially for the Archdiocese of San Francisco, this is very pertinent because they, they are both patrons of our, our local church. Right? And they're both so. solemnities to the, mm-hmm. the extent that for Patrick, uh, we don't, in terms of the celebration, uh, the 18th mm-hmm. is actually the day that we're going to have the solemnity. So certainly we've got the Sunday, which is that second Sunday of Lent we've celebrated. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, today on the 18th, uh, when the podcast is released, it's going to be the Feast of uh-huh. St. Patrick's. It'll be Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. It's usually on the 17th, but because it's a patron, uh, patron it's been transferred to the 18th. That's right. The Sunday doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't uh, swallow it up, so to speak. It's transferred to the next day. And then we have St. Joseph the next day. So we've I don't know... If uh, I guess this will happen any time that the 17th falls on Sunday mm-hmm. in a diocese where St. Patrick is a co-patron, yeah. you'll literally have three in a row. Well, you have yeah. Sunday, you'll have St. Patrick, and you'll have St. Joseph all yeah. in a row. And so their, their proximity yeah. perhaps has sparked in our own imagination. Yeah. A, a great of, rumble, a rivalry, a rivalry. I, I mean, it feels a like holy the rivalry. World, it feels like the World Cup because we have Ireland versus Italy here, and it's a, it's great. So, <laughs> and I love how I love how I love how both um, 
Patrick really isn't Irish, and Joseph, of course, is not Italian. Italian so, but, yeah, <laughs> but they're they just claimed <laughs> claim by two, two it's great really, cultures. It's, yeah, it's really like Brittany versus... Uh, Versus, versus uh, Israel Palestine, right? So oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. It's really Brittany, uh, not Brittany Spears. Brittany, uh, the, 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 the region, the region uh, with two T's or two Y's. Exactly. Right? <laughs> anyway, versus so, the Holy Land. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but so, no, so so I uh, so we we you uh, previously had flipped the coin. Who did you get, Joseph or Patrick? I got Patrick actually. So you're you're so. going to be arguing. You're going to be taking the side of. That Saint Patrick's the more saintly it's saint. It's the more noble of the two saints. Yeah. I'm in the position of having to argue against Pat. This is tough for me. Now, in, honestly, though, I mean, if you want to go, I mean, in a very real way, you have the easier arguments, right? But, um, but let's just. Well, you're yeah. thinking you're thinking Joseph Natch, so you you, you think it's, it's going to be I'm a harder case. I'm not saying my guy will lose. I'm not saying my guy will lose at all. I mean, it's like okay, so you dear dear listeners have to tell us in the comments and all the on the feedback to tell us who won. But still, <laughs> <laughs> we'll let the listeners decide. So so okay, in the in this. In the in in this holy face-off of yes. Patrick versus Joseph, why is Saint Patrick? What outstanding virtue, perhaps, elevates him to be the more saintly saint? So we'll, we'll do top. We'll, how about let's do top three. Top, top three. Top, top, top three. Top three reasons. So reason number one. Give me a Saint Patrick reason. One one of the first things that come to mind is that he has a fantastic origin story. Yeah. The very fact that he was a um his uh he he came from noble stock. His father was a deacon in the church. You know, um, and and at the age of sixteen, that that's when um he was kidnapped by the Irish uh, to be basically a shepherd boy for six years, and and um he escaped uh as um he ended up it, um after six years of being a very uh, being a shepherd for his master, he ended up fleeing back to back to the back to Brittany, back to the Roman Empire, and it's then a, here he is. It's a great escape story of it's him coming story. back, yeah. and then and then back. So yeah, and then he, and then here he is coming back. The Lord calling him back. Uh, as a priest and bishop, to be a missionary to give the, to give his uh, slave drivers and allow them to be slaves of the gospel. It's a beautiful origin story. Yeah, and it's, it certainly shows the power of forgive. If, we, if you take forgiveness mm-hmm. as one of the preeminent virtues of any saint, not the sense of that we're perfect. Like a saint isn't necessarily mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. who's perfect, but someone who's experienced forgiveness and is a, if you will, ambassador or a living example of mm-hmm. forgiveness. It's hard to imagine having the very people who harm you be the source of who you want to be God's blessing for. Yeah. So, so yeah, so the power, kind of the power of forgiveness. That's a, yeah. in, in, or on that wrapped in that origin story. No, that's a that's a that's a pretty that's a that's a good a yeah. good reason. I would argue, though, yeah. on the other hand, okay, that would you argue that that, that, that forgiveness is certainly a powerful, but it's not more powerful than the virtue of faithfulness. Okay. So I would say just as faithfulness, in a mm-hmm. sense, uh, has a certain hierarchy over forgiveness, that Joseph embodies that sense of faithfulness in the, in the midst of, of struggle. So you think of, if you will, that sense of origin story of, of him taking on that role. And of course, the ultimate reason why uh, St. Joseph um, is faithful is because he's open to be the father of Christ, to mm-hmm. raise, to sure. raise, sure. to raise our Lord and... And so at every point, it seems like his own ability to be a f- husband and a father is threatened, and he might he kind of just throw the white flag, right? So he <laughs> says when, when Mary's pregnant, yeah. he's like, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm going to no, divorce okay. her quietly, right? Yeah. I'm just going to mm-hmm. go. And then he has the angel say, no, take trust and to be faithful. And so he does, even though he knows that 
the word on the street is going to be that right, right. she's pregnant before you got married. How What's does that happen, yeah. right? And the, What's and going on here? Later yeah. in the gospel, there's that little um, little trash talking when they call Jesus right. the son of Mary, not the son of Joseph, yeah. which is which, which implies is, things. Yeah. Which implies yeah. things that the the, the chit chat around uh, <laughs> around the town is that. It, it, that indeed Joseph is not the biological father. Um, and then, so you've had that sense of even in the midst of a sense of that lack of maybe feeling like he's successful mm-hmm. as a father, as a husband, no room in the inn, right? He can't right. find a place for them to stay. He can't, in a sense, find he's got to flee to to Egypt, a place where he has no sense of family or culture or language, and then ultimately has to come back and, and be kind of a humble if you will, uh, you know, a woodworker, you know, and so that sense of faithfulness mm. is, is what, it, which certainly is the root of all the spiritual life is simply being faith. We don't have faithfulness in our lives. Well, we don't, it's, we don't have anything, right? Yeah. So it's the beginning. So, so that's what I would argue. So number one for yeah. me, that sense of faithfulness. If I can respond, I mean, yeah, you, respond. you, uh, you, you kind of have to feel in, in a way you have to kind of feel bad for Joseph, right? Because here mm. he is living with the eternal word of God and the immaculate conception. So like every single time that something wrong happens at that house, it's Joseph's fault. <laughs> <laughs> so. I guess that's true. <laughs> Jesus is not going to sing because he's the word I mean, of you God. have somebody Mary that actually said. did walk on water and another person that could have, right? So, yes. So, and then you have Joseph who's just, you know, He's always like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, who messed up? <laughs> it's usually him. Joseph's <laughs> the only metaphysical possibility. Of, I guess Mary could have sinned, but she didn't. She had, yeah, she had the ability, <laughs> she had the grace. but that doesn't necessarily mean, right? I mean, yeah, wow. So, yeah, Joseph is the, was the only was the was the only sinner in the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it's like to live with holiness. That's why he's the greatest right there. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll give well, I mean that's that's a way of saying that I give you that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Number 2, give me another Patrick, another outstanding quality of Patrick that perhaps elevates him over over the others. Um thinking about the Holy Family, I'm thinking of the very fact that with Patrick He's a brilliant teacher. Mm-hmm. The very fact that uh, uh, he has that great legend of him taking a shamrock, and that's how he explains the Trinity to mm. these people that you know that are uh, growing in sympathy towards the Christian faith. And here he is uh, being a very pliant, flexible teacher, seeing what's around him and saying, "Ah, I'm going to use this instrument that everyone sees. This uh, this uh, this part of the the literally part of the landscape, and to show God's light and God's mystery to." to the people that are in front of me. Yeah, and, and perhaps uh, to kind of uh, further that thought, if we take Christ's great commission, the, mm-hmm. literally the last words he says is he goes, go forth and preach and make disciples of all nations. So if you wanted to, in a sense, make the argument that the greatest mm, kind of activity to which God has called us is to preach the gospel mm-hmm. and to share it, especially to folks who are un- either unaware of or need in a sense, encouragement in that, that that would be that virtue of being a, a preaching, of sharing mm-hmm. the gospel, mm-hmm. of being a missionary, of perhaps even joining an order of preachers might be perhaps the most elevated thing that one might uh, do in terms of their uh, vocation in life. And so he's got uh, that kind of uh, ability and gift, and he leaned into it. He embraced it mm-hmm. full, yeah. full with two wide, arms wide open to preach the gospel yeah. in every way, in simple ways but powerful ways. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, so it's the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Okay, so what do you what do you got for me? What's what's number two for Joseph? Well, so Joseph, in terms of that kind of, if you will, that that spirit of of being able to preach, Joseph really doesn't say much in the Gospels. He's mm-hmm. he's silent uh, mm-hmm. in the case, but um, he has the ability here uh, to to dream. Okay. And this is one of the things about yeah, we sometimes we joke you talk about Joseph uh, being the only one who might be at fault in mm-hmm. terms of that, but he is able to. Um, to have God communicate to him uh, through through dreams and, and mm-hmm. angelic mm-hmm. things. Sometimes we talk about St. Joseph's meditations. Right, yeah. Both for taking a nap and, <laughs> and the fact that God can speak to us even yeah. in, in, in slumber. Deeper contemplation. Deeper contemplation. Uh, but he has that, that, that basic um, ability to connect with God's dreams for him. Mm-hmm. Right? And once again, this takes a kind of openness and I would say fundamental humility. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that there is the spiritual fathers talk about um, the devil and the way the devil is able to create the illusion of virtue. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to being generous, you can be generous or at least have the illusion of being generous and really being out for yourself. You can give something to someone because you look good, right? right, or there's, some, right, right. there's always kind of a... Every um, virtue, St. Augustine says, can ultimately fall prey to pride. You do mm-hmm. something good and then you think, oh, aren't I so good? Right. Except for one, he says, and that is humility. humility. It's interesting. The devil. First of the virtues. Yeah, the, the the devil can't fake humility, or at least he doesn't even try to attempt it. Right? No. <laughs> he doesn't even. It's not even his bailiwick. I, I, I'm often reminded of this little story of uh, the in the desert fathers of. Um, Anthony of the desert, and he's struggling uh, with temptation and and the devil kind of classically in the desert. And he has one day this little, this little, uh, well, it's a little demon that comes to tempt him, but in the form of a little boy. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it, if I, my recollection is correct, the boy's trying to get him to kind of come back to the city and to, to be helpful and generous and don't be isolated way out here where you're no, no good to anyone kind mm-hmm. of thing. And at first, Anthony's kind of struggling. He's not sure how to discern this. How to, and then he realizes that um, the little boy doesn't have any knees. Like kneecaps? Knees? Like yeah. kneecaps. Yeah, okay. ne- knees, which means he can't kneel, which means, okay. he, which means he can't worship. So it's a spiritual ah, thing. Okay. The devil will never bend his knee. He'll never ah, worship God. Okay. He'll never, there'll be, never be any sense of humility. Even he can't even st- stand to you know, create the illusion of humility. Mm-hmm. There's always a sense of, of ego and pride that, that it tinges everything. And so Joseph and his humility, his openness to allow God's dreams for him to become a reality, even in the face of not knowing, not understanding right, how right. it can be, is certainly a sense of feeling of failure, that, that foundational. Here we go back to the, that sense of faithfulness we talked about, but even in a sense more foundational, that, that sense of humility mm-hmm. without which God can't do anything with us. It's, it's right. amazing what God can do with us if we don't care about claiming any of the credit or any of mm-hmm. the looking at how this, in a sense, elevates us. God can do anything to the, yeah. with the humble heart. God can work miracles and wonders, and right. he does it in Joseph's life. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll see you're, you're, you're preaching the gospel to all nations, and I'll, and I'll, <laughs> and I'll, out, I'll, I'll, I'll strive with in a, in, a bat, in a contest of humility. Joseph, more humble than you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to just leave now. Um. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of contrary to humility itself. Yeah, right. strive in a contest of humility. <laughs> All right, number three. I give will me the last humiliate thing. you. Give me the, um, give me the last thing. Um, we were talking about like faithfulness earlier, especially with Joseph, but um, I would... Uh, 
I would like to talk about Patrick's his courageousness, his own fearlessness as mm. well. So courage. Yeah, I mean, for one thing, I mean, he was sent to to a land that enslaved him and such, mm-hmm. and he was. Uh, it's not surprising to know that he was facing martyrdom practically every day. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and I like to see that kind of manifest in the story about the snakes. Um, there's this yeah. legend, of course, about yeah. St. Patrick, uh, you know, um, saying the liturgy and then and uh, there was a plague going through the land and he, you know, prays that all the snakes leave the island of uh, Ireland and, and now we have no snakes on that isle. So, and that's because of St. Patrick's prayer. And, and I think that's a really symbolic of the very fact that he always felt threatened. Mm. Snakes being a symbol of the devil, of course, and mm-hmm. just, uh, of, of his own, uh, of facing martyrdom on a daily basis. Um, that, yeah. And that it, really manifests his own courage. Yeah. So there's a certain courage. courage and and the, yeah. Yeah, and then that, that striving and to, to, to really engage in, if you will, that, that spiritual battle that we mm-hmm. all, in terms of yeah. temptation and struggle, which is, you know, as we as we continue in Lent, we're all struggling with our own little uh, penances and, right. and, and things right. like that. And I'm getting my, I've, I, by the way, check in. How's your, how's your, how's your, uh, <laughs> how's, how's your, how's your adoration for your ministries going? I'm going your to, uh, let's just say I'm going to do it before Vespers. There you go. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Yeah, I had to. I had to. I've got to do my at the beginning of the week, or else I got. So, I, so I'm yeah. getting into the rhythm. I'm getting yeah. into the rhythm. But but the, but Patrick faces these. And in fact, you mentioned the liturgy and prayers. The thing that always struck me about St. Patrick is he does this preaching, and he mm-hmm. certainly has these wonderful legends of him, you know, driving out snakes and and the shamrock and and these culture forming things. But the most important thing you might say in this line in terms of courage is to be countercultural. Mm-hmm. He builds monasteries, right? Right. And the monastic life, the intentional life of prayer right. in a pagan in- environment actually shapes the culture. It transforms mm-hmm. the culture. The, you, if you want to transform culture, what do you do? You set up places that do one thing, and that's pray and worship. Yeah. Right? If you, want to, you don't necessarily start handing out you know, food and doing the corporal works of mercy. Right? Yeah. You start with the spiritual works of mercy, and guess what? They give full flower to you know what we call generosity and mm-hmm. and, sh- and share marks of you know um, physical charity. But it's without having that constant um, infusion of the Lord's grace within that right. life of prayer. And that takes courage to really set up those things in the battle with them on spiritual level. So that's no, that's 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 certainly that's certainly a, a a way in which Patrick that sense of as you say first of all the, that forgiveness and that mm-hmm. origin story, the kind of power of his preaching. Mm-hmm. Being, uh, in a sense, faithful to that mandate to preach the gospel, and then ultimately the courage to shape culture through through prayer, kind of kind of cultural signs in that way. Um, yeah, that's I'm sold. Patrick wins. No, no. <laughs> so you <laughs> no. have faithfulness. No. You have the, the first virtue of humility. Yeah, I mean, humility. Yeah, and then I think I mean I think it goes <laughs> well that sense of I'm just go to the end of his life. Saint Joseph never got to see Jesus. Yeah preach and come into his ministry. At that's least true. that's what the that's gospel implies. Yeah, that, that's the implication. That, that uh, Mary is certainly there. And because of that, and here in our church, we have a be- very beautiful scene in, in uh, one of our side altars of the death of St. Joseph. Right. right, And how St. Joseph teaches us how to not only live well through humility and faithfulness, but, but how, to, how to die well. Right, yeah. How to be able to let go and to see that, that his mission, his task of being um, the primary right. you know formator for Christ to raise him as as his uh, father here uh, had was just was a time of season it wasn't yeah. it wasn't it wasn't meant for his his glory but in order to bring about yeah. that formation of Christ in his, his human nature 
so that he might be a preacher. And so he, like St. John the Baptist, he mm-hmm. must increase, I must decrease. Yeah. And so he steps off the stage, right? He doesn't, he doesn't have a huge role in the scripture, except he has an essential role, right? And, right. Mm-hmm. and teaches us in terms of not only the moment of our death, which in some ways you think about the most important moment of our life yeah. is in some sense, well, certainly the moment, the first moment of our life, the Obviously, fact that we, yeah. exist, that we exist, but yeah. <laughs> if you will, a second, a close second to that is that first moment into eternal life, mm-hmm. which is our death, right? Yeah. So if the most important moment of our human life is that we exist, the moment of our creation, if you will, the most substantial moment of our eternal life is that moment of death. And yeah. Joseph teaches us what it means to let go and to entrust ourselves uh, to, to, to the Lord, to yeah. God. So that the moment of death and the grace of a happy and holy death. And what better way, to, I mean, honestly, what better way is there to die within the arms of Mary and Jesus? And and um, that uh, that side altar that we have in the church mm-hmm. right behind the holy oils, it's such, it's one of my favorite parts of the church of of there's Gabriel and the Holy Spirit and Jesus and Mary. They're all surrounding Joseph. Um, just a beautiful, poignant moment of, how to live, how to die, how to be a man, how to be a provider, all these beautiful things that Joseph um, exemplifies. Exactly, no, in, in terms of that, and that's why he's the patron of, of the universal church, that yeah, sense of yeah. patronage that comes from his his faithfulness to always provide, to allow the Lord uh, to lead, his humility, which, mm-hmm. which is yeah. openness to the Lord's dreams, and then and then finally to be able to, to know <laughs> when our time is gone and to trust ourselves uh, yeah. uh, to the Lord. So Joseph in many, many ways teaches, and that's why the Bible talk, talks about him as a righteous man, mm-hmm. someone who's yeah. uh, morally upright, and, and connect that uprightness implies a kind of connection to God. So... So who's who's have we have we decided anything here? I think I think it's 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 pretty even. I think we should we should break the tie by saying whose cultural heritage that's been claimed has better food. Ooh. Oh, come oh, on, oh, Italian, oh, oh, Italian. Oh, man, that's not right. Oh, that's not right. <laughs> come on, no, now. actually, no. Italian, I mean, it, Italian, Italian food versus Irish food. Come on, even I. Linguini versus corned beef. Oh <sighs> yeah. Oh come on now. Although come oh, on, come at on. the at our paro- lasagna, parish. a good lasagna. Uh, chicken cacciatore. You got, you got corned beef and cabbage. Come on corned now. Beef, but, but admittedly, I mean, like, okay, so how we do it here at St. Dominic's, yeah. I mean, the, okay, granting it's a Filipino chef that makes Oh, no, you're not going to bring up but, but, but it's a Filipino, you know. He's glazed a Filipino, of corned beef, which is delightful, but that's not real. That's well, he's a Filipino. <laughs> of course he's going to make good food. <laughs> That's a fusion. That's an Irish fusion. The, the reason why that corned beef is good is not because it's Irish. It's, it's because, because it has a, has a Filipino flair. Filipino. <laughs> it's got some flair. It's got some. It's 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 got some spice. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. But, okay, it breaks but on, a tie. But on, Joseph, but on Joseph's side, yeah. I will give you that. Of our patrons that we're talking about yes. today, Joseph has the best title: the Terror of Demons. That's right. No, he does. Yeah. That is that is that that I, is a cool I, yeah, title. Yeah, that is a cool title. <laughs> so. yeah. Which again, going to what you're saying, especially yeah. about humility and openness to the Lord's and faithfulness, yeah. that means like, of course, he would be the terror of demons. I mean, his humility terrorized and terrified Satan. No, that's that's true. And but and, and once again, Patrick has a little of that too when he when it comes to the driving out of demons. But here it is: when it comes to to battles of saints, there, there's no losers. There's, there's no losers. They're, they're just they're just winners. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. so, but but I, I think Saint Saint Joseph. I think I think I think the culinary aspect, you know, breaks the tie there for me. You have a point. But <laughs> well, we have pretty good uh, fish and chips. I mean, come on. <laughs> all, they're all saints. More, yeah. Some are just more saintly than others. <laughs> <laughs> so, dear friends, thank you again for joining us. And may your uh, 
may your Lent be continually holy. And if you want to support the podcast, you know how to do it. Email us at podcast at Saint Dominic's or rate us on iTunes, share us on your uh, social media feeds. Oh, and if you are indeed uh, celebrating the feast of Saint Patrick and the feast of Saint Joseph, may you do with that full, full open heart to receive once again the Lord's blessings, these virtues of humility, of faithfulness, that sense of courage in the face of temptation that we might always radiate the joy of the gospel here in the heart of the city. Amen. Amen.